Hello everybody, welcome to another Comic Source, Comic Boom collaboration. We're back with the 12 days of the Comic Source. Wait, wait, I mean 12 days of Spawnmas. <laughs> Hope you joined us yesterday when uh, Rocky and I were joined by uh, uh, Jake, our co uh, guest co-host here, to talk Spawn in uh, anticipation of 2022 and the insanity in my head that has decided that we're going to cover all the spawn issues we're going to do an issue of spawn every day starting january 1st with issue number 13 but wait what about the first 12 issues you say well that's what the 12 days of spawn mist are all about <laughs> so we went deep dive in, into spawn we talked about who spawn is to us kind of our impressions how he got his start with uh, mcfarlane and image comics and we covered the first issue so if you're curious what we're doing you want more detail you want more thoughts about kind of the nitty gritty and, and sort of the behind the scenes stuff, go check out the episode from yesterday. It's not too long. Uh, I promise. And it's not, you know, reaching the epic lengths of Rocky and my uh, weekly DC spotlights that go on for hours. Uh, and this one will be even a little shorter because all we're going to do in this episode is just talk about issue number two. Uh, but one thing that came out of, uh, of our coverage on, on issue one for the first day of Spawn Miss was really how much, this comic holds up and maybe it was even better than we gave it credit for back in the day. Cause Rocky and I both were buying the spawn, not to date ourselves, but we both were buying spawn right off the rack and really uh, enjoying it. So uh, we're going to dive into issue two for a second uh, or in a second, I should say, but before we do that, any, uh, anything you want to throw in Rocky or overall thoughts about issue two or anything you want to add before we dive into the issue? Well, just about issue one and about issue two, I I, I never gave enough uh, love to Sam and Twitch. Uh, Sam and Twitch, that detective team, they ended up with their own very successful comic book series, which is, uh, you know, sort of, they actually, I think, had an impact on the detective genre in comic books, Sam and Twitch. And they were funny. There's humor in Spawn issue one and in issue two here with the Violator, as, we're, as we will know as we get into it. There's, so this was... I, you know, I know that you, you focus quite a bit when we, uh, when we talked about the first issue, uh, Jason, I, I know Jake alluded to it too, is that the art of uh, Todd McFarlane, but you know, I, I think that the, the, the writing is maybe uh, getting a little bit of short thrift because it's so overwhelmed by uh, McFarlane's great pencils, but uh, we'll get into it here. But I, I think that this is, this is entertaining. This isn't just, uh, this isn't just drama. It, it might deal with Hellspawn, but, <laughs> but there's some humor to be had and some enjoyment to be had and just funny moments as well. Yeah, I will say in terms of Sam and Twitch, they did show up in the, the HBO animated series. They were in the live action film, although they weren't referred to as Sam and Twitch, but they do show up at the end and they arrest uh, Jason Wynn. And then they were in the video game. There's also been talk um, about... Uh, a BBC America show uh, written and directed, I think, by Kevin Smith, if I remember that right, uh, a Sam and Twitch police procedural, which, man, I would totally watch. I would totally watch that. And then, of course, as, as we mentioned in the first issue, the, uh, the Jamie Foxx Spawn movie from Todd McFarlane, that Todd McFarlane's not only executive producing, like uh, McFarlane executive, executive produced the 97 film, Todd McFarlane's directing this new uh, or reboot of, of uh, reboot film for Spawn. Jeremy Renner is is we know his role is Twitch. We haven't heard who's playing Spawn yet, um, so <laughs> That's so funny. that should be fun. But but yeah, I'm glad you brought Sam and Twitch up because you're right. They had they were influential, um, and, and you've seen other writers uh, over the last couple of decades borrow that sort of you know straight 
smart detective and sort of, you know, oblivious, gruff, but in his own way, brilliant detective, that model's been used uh, a lot. So, and I, I'm I am curious, like I remember hearing about Kevin Smith being attached to that BBC show. You wonder, I mean, he, he might not be such a bad guy to play Sam himself. Then immediately your brain goes, well, so then Jason Muses Twitch, you know, it's the whole Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah. That might not really work, right? Because if you're trying to watch the show, you would see Jay and Silent Bob on the screen rather than seeing Sam and Twitch. You might need other actors who aren't so tied to specific roles or maybe just get unknowns who where you're not bringing any preconceptions to the to the roles. So, uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and dive into to issue number two. So this features the first appearance of a very important character, and he's right there on the first page. It's the Violator, uh, who is sort of, I don't know, like in the early issues, uh, sort of a stepbrother to Spawn in a way. You know, he's created by the same evil entity. He's supposedly he's supposed to be keeping an eye on Spawn, just like Spawn. He's immortal. They don't get along, just like siblings sometimes do. Um, but what's interesting is when we're first introduced, and he he comes across as this sort of overweight dad joke telling character and and you don't at all necessarily assume that he's gonna be this completely evil uh skinny monstrous demonic form uh you know he does come across as a little crazy and and maybe a little um depraved as he's talking to this cat and talking about killing people and ripping hearts out and, and whatnot, but you don't ex really expect what, uh, what comes later. Uh, and then in terms of, of spawn, we start to, you know, again, it's narrated by, uh, Al Simmons himself. And he's talking about how the memories are coming back. He remembers that he's come back for his wife. He's not sure exactly what's happened or, or who he was as a person, but he knows he's here for his wife. He knows one second he was floating in limbo, then bang, he's alive. He knows he's given up his soul uh, and he knows somebody has given him this power, but taken his memories. And he's obviously not very happy with that person. And he, he wonders why he keeps being drawn to this one particular church. I sort of think it's because it gives McFarlane a chance to draw a very Gothic image. Like Jake was saying in reference to the, uh, the first issue that McFarlane was very much drawing, seemed like he was drawing anyway on some inspiration from Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Uh, and we then, uh, as the story goes on, we see this completely evil, demonic, insect-like monster that's ripping, literally ripping the hearts out of Mafia. And, and at this point, we don't realize, okay, this is the same person or same character or same monster, whatever you want to call it, as the Violator we saw in the first couple issues, because he doesn't look anything like him, right? That guy looked like a clown, looked like a buffoon. This is some insect-like, really demonic-looking creature, which I remember back in the day, not really thinking looked that scary um, from the perspective of, you know, whatever my, I can't even remember how old I was back then, uh, <laughs> 17, 18 year old brain. Uh, we do still have the talking heads. Um, and we also <laughs> learned that Spawn has another drawback or another curse that's upon him. Not only has, has his memories been taken, not only does he look like ground hamburger, even if he uses his powers to alter his appearance, which he does have the capability to do, he can only make himself look like a Caucasian man. Uh, and he knows he used to be a black man. And uh, it's just one more thing that happens to Al Simmons that makes him think or, or 
sort of feeds into that idea that he has that sense that he has that he's being played with. Um, again, it might be a little tropey deal with the devil, uh, but it's also real classic. I mean, the idea of, of, you know, a Faustian deal goes back centuries. So you can't say that uh, McFarlane is leaning too far into to tropes. It's, it's more of a, a classic storytelling uh, technique or, or thread, if you will. Tons of people have done it. We, we get some more scenes of Sam and Twitch we get I, a, a I just want to, if I can, Chase, I, I just yeah, want to make right. a comment that I, I think that I wonder how well that would play today if, if you know, uh, a black man come comes back as a white person it, it, with, with today's, you know, toxic political climate in comic books. I wonder how, how this scene would play out in, in, in today because, you know, the way... White, white face? Yeah. It would be, right? <laughs> they call it whitewashing or I don't know, but it would... Yeah. You know, I, I just... I, good, I, open question, I guess. That's a good question. I... I sort of think it would almost be worse in a way because we're so much, I feel like we're more aware or we're more sensitive to the crap that, that persons of color have to put up with. This would be one more thing. I, I have a hard time thinking it would be received negatively. Um, maybe it might be seen as in poor taste, but I sort of think it was felt a little bit that way back then but at the same time in 92 comics who was you know nobody mainstream media wasn't paying attention so you know the bigger question or the more interesting question might be if this if comics were at the center of pop culture in 1992 the way they are now how would this have played and then obviously yeah. with the you know has as politics and society has shifted to the left, I feel like, or, or more progressive these days. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting thought for sure. I'm curious, uh, Jake, your, your thoughts. How important do you think it was that uh, that Spawn, that Al Simmons be a black man? Or does, does it did it matter? It's definitely surprising. Huh? And this scene where he tries to at least make him looks, look hum, human, the fact that he just can't, can't even go back into make his skin the same color as it used to be. It feels like he's gen It really does feel like he's lost a lot of his identity. And to a degree, even his human, a lot more of his humanity. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Compared to similar concepts like it, like the Netflix adaptation of Altered Carbon, this feel, this isn't just, it's, this isn't a form that, he has to make by choice or even has the opportunity to go back to it at any time he wants. Al Simmons is generally locked away from his identity in, in several ways, and he can't get it back in, a, in ways he just doesn't understand. Yeah, I, I find it I find it kind of, I, I chuckle a little bit at just how pissed off Al Simmons is that he comes back as a white guy. Like he's a, you know, it's like, why did I have to come back white? He's actually pissed off. It's like, why did I have to be white? And and almost it's like, you know, and, and the poor guy, you know, he wants to, he, and he's, I think he looks like a good looking white guy. I think at least for, for the, he's got the typical nineties look, uh, sort of a, almost like a blonde beach bum with long blonde hair, but he looks like a typical beach guy, all white. And, uh, uh, Wanda, you know, ultimately later on when he when he finally meets his wife as as this as this white guy, it uh, it you know she's it, it's interesting how 
I never really picked up a lot of issues of race of uh, in these issues. And and in fact, I think that's one of the reasons why I think this issue reads so well is that I I read this and I don't get a sense that there's politics in it. This is just, just good. This is good character work. This is good story. Politics isn't in it. You can go back and read it and still enjoy it. But if you really want to read some politics in it, I suppose you can, but it's not in your face. It's not shoved down your throat. And uh, I think that's why, I think that's why like, you know, I think that's what a lot of people refer to the people who are overly sensitive about politics and comics. And I, uh, I just think that's, that's interesting because he gets away with it here. He deals with Tom McFarlane. He deals with the news. He deals with the broadcasting. He deals with, 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 with government issues, uh, corrupt governments, conspiracies, military coups, all that jazz. And at this, and then he throws in the, the main character coming back as a white man who, I mean, it just goes to show you that if you if you tell the story right, I mean, you know, people, you know, people aren't going to notice. But uh, it's interesting. It's it's like I said, it's I'm I'm seeing this seeing this through the lens of the of of a modern day lens in in the in the, in the 2021. <laughs> I I see I I just see I have a different appreciation for this issue. Yeah, it works on a lot of levels that you don't that we didn't read into then because, you know, maybe the world was a different place. Um, and in terms of him being a white guy, not being able to change this, you know, it's one thing if he was able to make himself look like what he used to look like, right. That's obviously his, where he would want to get, but if he can't get there, at least just make me look like an African American guy, right. He can't even get to that point, but the way this plays out in the story, it's just one more obstacle. It's just, you know, it's just one more crappy thing that whoever, you know, again, we don't know the name yet, haven't been in, introduced to him yet. It's just one more thing that the, that this devil that he made the deal with has done to him. It's just one more piece of trauma, just one more bad thing that's that's happened to him. Um, and so you don't necessarily, you know, focus on that. But uh, yeah, it is interesting because as much as we say, you know, things are a little more political now, we're a little more sensitive, a little more aware, I mean, McFarland is doing it here. You know, Rocky, you said yourself with these talking heads, the 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 forty four viewers voice guy is. I, I know he gets in it. We eventually find out what his name is. I can't remember what it is uh, at, at the moment, but he very much is much more of the voice of the of the right or the conservative movement. Um, the, the E Entertainment television reporters more about sort of the the vapid culture certainly coming out of the 80s um in terms of you know entertainment and celebrity and and that sort of thing and then cnn is supposed to be at least in my mind more of the a little bit more of the left but but you know supposedly supposedly just stating the facts but at the same time a little bit more of a voice of the government voice of the man as it were so there's all that playing out in in the talking head vignettes but more than anything what i feel about in this issue is it's just us learning all the the crap that Al Simmons has got himself in, like like he he's gotten himself a raw deal, and from everything we get in context, he was a very heroic guy. You know, we learn about his relationship with Jason Wynn, uh, who was you know in charge of this sort of this intelligence agency that was supposedly above FBI and NSA and and CIA was sort of the, the pinnacle black bag kind of place that Al Simmons worked for. And how maybe Wynn took things a little too far and maybe, you know, some first hints that that maybe how Al Simmons died. Uh, and then, yeah, the whole 
gritty crime noir feel with this, this violator character going around and ripping people's hearts out. And then, uh, and at this point we don't even know until the very last page that this clown who meets uh, spawn for the first time and spawn doesn't really want to hear anything about him. He doesn't see him as a threat. He does, he's like, God, dude, you're just a weird little guy, you know, leave me alone. And in that last page, it's revealed as uh, the little clown guy, Violator, turns into the monstrous demon that we saw ripping mafia guys' hearts out uh, throughout the issue. So that I remember that being uh, a surprise and the blurb there, uh, Spawn versus a true Violator coming up next. So if there was anything I, I remember about the, the issues back then, despite the fact that McFarlane's a pretty wordy writer, um, I remember reading these really quick and thinking that the pacing and and, and the, the value maybe wasn't there. Because you got to remember when these books came out, they were two bucks. They were $1.95, which was at most comics at the time were a dollar. Um, but you didn't have ads and the color and the paper were nicer, you know, and it makes sense. Most of the image guys were artists and they want to present their work in the best light. Uh, and I was happy to pay it at the time, but I do remember thinking, man, it, it goes – it goes so fast. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the size of the panels and the detail in the art. You want larger panels. What's funny now is it's like modern comics, you know, over the last 20 years, they, they caught up with detail and also prices um, and paper stock and all that kind of thing. They caught up to, to this level of, of detail and this size of panels and then have surpassed it. Right. So when we go back and read these, it's not it doesn't take 30 minutes to read these like it does some Bronze Age comics. When you go back and read those, like go back and read a, an old issue of Rom Space Night or early issues of the Chris Claremont issue of X-Men. You want to talk about a lot of dialogue and, and it's, it's a meaty read. It'll take you 20, 30 minutes to read it. Uh, but these comics from 92, they do take a little longer to read than, than modern books. Uh, but I remember at the time. You know, this didn't take 20, 30 minutes like a lot of the other books at the time. So, again, interesting perspective going back and reading these uh, nowadays as, as opposed to back then. So, uh, Jake, any thoughts about the Violator as a as a character, as a, an early nemesis for Spawn? A bit of a, a bit more nuance to him than I thought. Like he's, like he's supposed to... Like in his mind, he's a like a mentor that he who feels like he needs to discipline his charge a bit more to serve serve his and and his boss's interests. But yeah, plus it might even be a slight jo Joker Batman like dynamics since Violator is one character who will never leave Al Simmons alone alone in his life. Yeah. He's practically like a cancer that he just that Al just can't get rid of. And <laughs> I actually have a question about uh, Violator, and uh, because I I haven't I only read the first twelve issues of Spawn, so I'm I'm only uh, you know two hundred and seventy eight issues behind or or plus or whatever it is. But it, what is the Violator exactly? Is he like the opposite of a like a guardian angel? He's like the guardian devil, or, or is that what he kind of is? Is is that what he's supposed to be? If anything, he's just, he's just the, the devil Al Simmons made it. He's essentially just an underling of the devil's 
Al Simmons made the deal with. Just somebody to keep an eye on things because Mal- Malbolgia has been come to learn his name. It is is too busy trying to make other else fun like like Al. Yeah, I mean, if I remember correctly, he, uh, Violator's not so different from from Spawn, you know, um, in terms of Malbolgia took a human who was willing to sell his soul and imbued him with some of his power and, and said, you're immortal, you get to go do whatever it is that you want to do. But he starts out as, as a human. Uh, Violator starts out as this, yeah, this demon who's just like an you know inhabitant of hell and he infuses him with that power so in terms of him looking like this sort of fat slobby clown that's basically the equivalent of spawn changing his appearance to look like a white surfer guy <laughs> the the you know but this guy gets to choose to make himself look like a fat slobby clown with way too many teeth so yeah but we we yeah we'll get into that with with uh, subsequent uh, subsequent issues. So yeah, I, I mean, the story's moving along. I, I am a little surprised. And again, I, I go back to the difference between modern storytelling and the storytelling back then when things weren't as decompressed. This is only the second issue and we've already sort of been introduced to somebody who, who hangs around and is sort of an antagonist for Spawn for, for many, many issues, um, at least, you know, for, for several years. Again, nowadays, I don't think it happens that, that quick. Um, and the reveal that this creepy looking clown is also this demon creature that's ripping hearts out of people. Again, I don't think it happens as fast. So I, I wonder how much of the reason we're enjoying this Rocky is because it's just, you know, not, not necessarily details of the story itself, but in sense of story structure, it, it harkens works. back to a different time that we've really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, the pacing is good. It doesn't ins- it it doesn't insult the reader. I don't need to be spoon fed. I th- I think the 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 tendency for modern day storytellers is that they tend to be too decompressed. They tend to, they have a tendency of drawing every scene of of every walk and footstep down an alley, you know, which is not necessary. You know, they try to establish every single bit and iota nuance of of mood and tone. So you don't need to do that. I mean, and then I go I go back to the referencing issue one where there's nine panel grids there. That, that McFarlane used masterfully by by giving us snapshots of Al Simmons' life. We didn't need all, you know, we, that's all we needed to establish the mystery. We didn't need more than that. And in fact, you, 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 that's the whole point of a mystery is that you only get snapshots and you get some misdirection. And there is some misdirection here. And there are mysteries that play out. And and at the same time, this story has moved forward. You learn, you learn a lot in two issues. And 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 I and I got to give a shout out, surprise, surprise, to the amazing art. Uh, I remember Violator. I mean, the Violator makes the Joker puts the Joker smile smile to shame. I mean, I yeah. mean, he. I mean, back then, I mean, he, this was. I mean, this is. I mean, this guy could out joke the Joker, the Violator. I mean, this guy is. He's smiley. Look at those teeth. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a character and. Well, is it any wonder that Todd McFarlane's uh, action figures didn't sell like hotcakes once he designed them? And uh, I, uh, I, I actually have it in, in a box over there. I actually have the full scale uh, Angela, uh, original full scale at nineteen inch Angela uh, 
action figure and the full scale spawn. I got both of them. I got them back back in the day. And uh, actually, I think I, I think I could probably get fifty or sixty bucks for each of them if I put them on eBay. But uh, at some point, maybe I'll display them if I join you for another uh, day of uh, spawn miss. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember the only toy I could ever find was Violator. Nobody wanted the big giant Violator when it was always. <laughs> But even now, like, now I think that's one of the more expensive ones because nobody bought it. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, Jake, any uh, any last thoughts on issue two as we're finishing up here? The more I look at it, the more I feel like that these early issues of Spawn sure are a lot of the same same story beats as one I might find it in manga. That's a bit of a price price, really, like. Good pace, rather than just trying to go. Rather than, and each incrementally adding to the story a bit. Ah, and characters that, that complement one another, all that other stuff. And, and something that just compounds without adding too much to it all at once. Yeah, that's a very, you're right. That's a very manga-esque way of, of telling the story. And I, I can't remember anybody ever asking McFarlane about any manga influences on Spawn. So, I don't know. Maybe if we ever have him on the show again, I'll have to ask him that question. So, uh, any last thoughts, Rocky, as we're winding down here? Uh, uh, not really. I just, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just surprised at how much I'm in, uh, I, I w am enjoying this uh, trip down memory lane and uh, uh, to read Spawn over Christmas of all holidays, I would have thought maybe Halloween would be more appropriate, but <laughs> strangely feels appropriate. I, ha I have my nice Christmas scarf on. I've got a tie. I got my, I got my fedora on. I'm, I'm sipping Crown Vanilla. I mean, uh, life is good, my friend, and uh, Merry Christmas to the two of you. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're looking dapper. I'll say Merry Spawnness to you and to all our listeners. Uh, the only thing that I, I did briefly consider that we could have started a month earlier and done it for Thanksgiving and it would have been Spawnsgiving, which I think has a, a nice ring to it as well. But <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, listeners, be sure you tune in tomorrow for uh, issue number three of Spawnmas, episode number three. Uh, we'll also have some other uh, episodes coming up uh, as well throughout the uh, entirety of 12 Days of the Comic Source. And we should have some giveaways coming up for you all uh, as well. So stay tuned for that. Don't forget, if you're uh, checking us out only on the YouTube channel, be sure you subscribe to The Comic Source on your favorite podcast platform or app. Uh, just do a search for The Comic Source, whether it's Spotify or Google Play or iTunes or whatever, or you know your, your favorite app on your phone, Pod Addict or Podster or whatever. We're on all of them, uh, so you don't want to miss out on any of the audio content, so be sure and, uh, and do a search for us. Uh, conversely, if you have only been listening to us on audio and you want to see our smiling faces and check out the art as we talk about it, be sure you go over to YouTube, do a search for comic space boom exclamation point. That's Rocky's channel. Subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the 12 days of the Comic Source collaborations between uh, Comic Boom and Comic Source. And also, you want to be sure to check out all of uh, Rocky's other content, our DC spotlights that come out. Uh, all the deep dives he does into uh, other books that he's read. And uh, once in a while, he even shows off some of his uh, amazing uh, comic collection. So uh, be sure to uh, subscribe, ring that notification bell, and like this video. Once again, we give uh, thanks to our host, uh, our co-guest host, Jake, 
uh, for joining us. Don't forget, you can check out the show notes for his article uh, about Spawn. He has a lot of good points. Uh, it's a relatively quick read. It's not some long, uh, you know, analytical scientific article. It's going to take you a long time to read, but it's definitely worth your time if you're a Spawn fan uh, for a long time, or if you're just joining and learning about Spawn uh, while we're doing 12 Days of Spawnness. It's definitely worth a read. So. Uh, we really want to thank everybody for your support as always, and we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.